We want to talk about faith. We want to talk about um, politics. We want to talk about race. We want to talk about pop culture. Literally, everything, 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 everything is up for discussion, and that's what French culture is about. about, about, about. Well, Lisa, it's another week. Yes, and if if this week is like semi-depressing, I don't think it's semi-depressing. I think it's just depressing, just flat out depressing. Somebody said they're emotionally exhausted. Yeah, I. I'm all kinds of exhausted. I don't know if, just don't know what to to say, what to think, how to think. It just seems like it's not real life. This is Friday, January twentieth, and we have a new president, President Donald J. Trump. Donald J. Trump. People keep saying that's not my president. I think in theory it sounds good, but I mean, in practice, it doesn't do anything, right? <laughs> you can, it's like you can reject him, but he's still here. <laughs> it's yeah, because people are taking this kind of ignore for four years, and I'm like, guys, that's not really helping anybody. It does nothing. It it doesn't stop anything. I think honestly, it's just like when you have a problem, the first step is admitting it. If you just admit that, hey, this is what I have. And then we can move forward. This is the problem. We have a president that we we're not sure if he got if the the elevator's going up to the top floor or if he is as my grandma say once French fries short of a happy meal. Right. I don't think he has any French fries. <laughs> I don't even know if it's a happy meal. I don't think it's a meal. It might be like a snack wrap. McDonald's had a little snack wrap things. That's what it is. I am really concerned about his son, though. And I, you know, I was telling you that. It's just like, yeah, is he okay? Like the youngest? Yeah. I, I mean, you if you think about the household that he has to live in and like how that. I mean, I'm sure he has a bunch of butlers and um, maids and access to money, probably anything he wants, but. I just don't necessarily know if daddy is the most nurturing or stable individual. Um, and I don't know, you know, I don't want, I don't, I don't necessarily like to talk about people's parenting, but I just, you gotta say at, at some point in time, some of the things that we've seen and heard on this whole campaign trail, at some point in time, you have to realize, Hey, my child is going to have access to this stuff. My child is going to see this. Maybe I don't want them to see this unless this is your normal. Yeah, I. Oh gosh. Well, but we gonna be all right. We gonna be. I've actually. We gonna be all right. I hear people. I saw people on Twitter saying playing uh all right all day. Yeah, we gonna be all right. I played uh Nucky if you book, and (laughs) I played uh Kaya's um f those other hoes. Um, Wow. Yeah. I was actually on this whole yin yang twin kick since last night. It was just great. I loved it. I just, you know, you just need something I'm that not says. Say, I'm not even going to say, never mind. 
You just need something that rebel. I needed something to get me hype, and this takes me. No, to I'm time. not judging. I just when I think of yin yang twins, I just you know they can't help that, so I'm not gonna even say it. You disrespectful. I know exactly <laughs> what you're gonna say. <laughs> And that, that's what I think of, and I feel that's bad. So disrespectful. That is so I feel wrong. bad. Don't have any children, Lisa. Please don't. Have kids. I know, because I'm like, I'm a don't person. Have, like, don't have any children. I know, ever. but I wasn't picking on them. It's just like when I see them, you know, I like to do from no, from six nope, months. nope, nope. We're not, we're not. We won't do that today. We will. Um, so, in. I was going to say in better news, but in more, uh, I guess it's more disappointing and sad news. I just thought about this. We didn't even, I didn't even write this down for us to talk about. So have you saw the uh, confirmation hearings for Betsy DeVoe? Which one is she? Is that <laughs> the one who didn't know? Oh, okay. They, <laughs> then they asked her about, has she ever had anybody with student loans? Right. I have not. She was like, Elizabeth Warren said, have you ever ma- managed a trillion dollar budget? I have not. Have you ever managed a, uh, how about a billion dollar budget? I have not. She's like, have you ever taken out a student loan? No, she's like, have you ever managed a small a small bank or a bank of any kind? I have not. So, okay, so you don't have any experience. Right. Like, right out of, right out of the gate. I just don't. The, the kicker for me was when she was talking about... Um, uh, growth versus uh, uh, proficiency mm-hmm. and he asked her a very direct question and she was like well I'm trying to clarify what you what you mean but her quote unquote I'm trying to clarify was her starting to answer she was like well I would relate that to uh, uh in terms in regards to proficiency i would relate that to metrics and some other crap but it's like and then she was like but what i'm trying to clarify you weren't trying to clarify folk you actually thought what he was what he was saying was what you were saying was gonna make sense and it's like one of those people you ever hear people talk and it's like they don't necessarily know what they're talking about but they throw in like this word that's like a SAT word and they feel like oh I'm gonna kill him with this one but it's like no you you aren't making any sense yo <laughs> when you said I'm gonna kill him with this one I started thinking about Lil Duval's they kill him with the shoulders I don't know that's irrelevant yeah. to what this conversation is but that, I don't know why that came to mind Lil Duval I have... <laughs> so we're gonna move yeah I'm fine hero you know he, he yeah I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> On the heels of him being from our home, yes. But honestly, I just don't. I, I hate when I feel like comedians feel like if I go extra and above and say something just real outlandish, that's really going to make it funny. And it's like, that's not actually not what makes it funny. Like, just because you say something like off the cuff and that's really on something that people weren't expecting you to say, that's not what makes you funny. I mean, it can, but that's not what... He's too vulgar for me. I just feel like he doesn't... When you gotta be that vulgar, I feel like you don't have a lot of substance to your comedy. And so, for me, I love... I I love, like, vulgar comedy is actually what... So, I've said this before. My favorite comedians are Samore and Lavelle Crawford. Both very, like, can be very, you know, vulgar and, and use curse words and things like that, but they're funny they don't do things that are like 
oh, let me go, let me jump to the offensive side just so I can be funny. It reminds me of like a che- a Chelsea Handler. I don't really get into her either because her comedy is silly, is like based on, well, I'm funny because I say the things that you're thinking that you won't say and just that I'm offensive. Some stuff can be funny and I'll admit that, but it's like if that's your only tactic to comedy, honestly, the junk ain't funny. Like you're just saying something that you know gonna piss people off and then you're gonna say, Oh well I'm a comedian so I can say it, but you're not funny, bro. <laughs> like you're a Twitter thug. Congratulations. Comedians of the world. That's it. That's a struggle. Yeah, I don't know. So I think I, I think I could be one. You think you can be a comedian? Yeah. Oh. I feel like I have a sense of dry humor. I think you have dry humor. I remember there was a time when I didn't understand your humor. <laughs> I was like, well, this is different. Um, there, I feel like there were a lot of maybe in like the beginning, the beginning uh, shows. There were a lot of like awkward pauses because I was like, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to laugh at this or if this was what was happening. But it, it's me too because I'm very much so. So humor to me always people that are hum- the, like the most funny to me remind me of somebody like in my family and they always say like they kind of just like like outlandish and yeah it's just that's what's funny to me so I just didn't get it but I feel like as I've grown because I used to understand like not understand a lot of different type of like comedy and now I've gotten mm-hmm. better so I get it now I, I used to yeah. not understand dry humor at all though I used to just be like oh okay oh Right. <laughs> you know who I'm a big fan of? Steve Carell. Because I feel like he encapsulates dry humor. Yeah. I like him. I get it now. <laughs> you live, you learn, then get loves. You grow. And it makes more sense. But I still think <laughs> some more is favor. It's fair <laughs> greatest. So what so what we doing for mimosas and uh orange juice? So this week for mimosas and orange juice, we got a lot more of mess that's happening. So let's just start off with the. I, I just kind of want to get the, the, I guess the sad and bad part out, or the, maybe the most controversial. I don't know if this is the most controversial. Anyway, um, so Bishop Eddie Long passed away this past week, and mm-hmm. um, of course it's always sad to hear some, anybody passed away. Uh, but there's a lot of you know there's a lot of different comments about it. I I saw. A number of people uh, making, of course, Facebook posts because I feel like Facebook is the place that everybody get in their emotions. Um, everybody get like super deep and become a uh, theologian and a scholar and uh, a great thinker with terrible grammar and just you know words that are aren't there and aren't missing but they're just like the most profound people <laughs> in the world and so you know i saw a lot of different debates about bishop eddie long there and of course there were some people that were saying you know he died good he did and then you had people that saying like that's it's not right it's not fair you shouldn't uh celebrate somebody's death and you don't know you know if any of those allegations towards him were just allegations i've even seen people say you know those boys weren't saying anything or those people weren't saying anything when they were getting his money and all of those good things so you know it's very controversial thing what do you think so i think it's just it's a test to something we say all the time 
that people are multi-layered because you have one group of people who are saying, you know, he provided cars for homeless women. He paid their rent. Mm -hmm. You know, he did so much good. He gave away so much money and he helped. And then one one critique was that that way his money that was the church money. It was the church people who gave that gave stuff away. Mm -hmm. He was just a tool that made decisions. But at, at the core, it was he was giving away other people money. And I was like, okay, well, I mean, that's some truth to that. But he gave his money. And then I read the story yesterday from one of the guys that was a victim. And he was like, Bishop told me I was his real first lady and all this other stuff. And he started with him when he was 16. And he took, he met him through a friend that he just came to church, you know, as a young person, just come to church. And he came up to him and befriended him and was like, hey, I wanted to go. I want you to come with me to go to another member to visit a member that's ill. Just mm -hmm. right. He took him to expensive dinner and they never made it to the location. He ended up taking him to a holiday inn and raping him. That's that's the story. And I'm just like, you know, he was like he provided. I was with him for six years and he bought me a ring and he even one Sunday brought me to sit up in the pulpit next to his wife and I was like his wife's so dumb she don't know I'm the real first lady and I'm just like wow like right. you know it's a lot and so you know I, we can never be certain that he did this even though you know I'm more prone to think he may have done it but it's just like you have to consider the victims and you know, as I was thinking through, I was like, you know, sometimes people do good because they feel guilty about the bad. Mm -hmm. So it's not necessarily, and I can't judge his heart. And the dude was like, he asked him in private one day, how do you reconcile doing this with me and then being who you are in public? And he was like, well, you know, we all have shortcomings. And if I was to come out, then people wouldn't allow the anointing on my life to flow. And I'm like it's just a it's a lot and so you know I want to be respectful to his family and then you have to think about the victims I'm sure the people if this in fact was a lifestyle the victims that sued him probably weren't his only victims and so there's people that are hurting so it's just it's a, it's such a messy situation yeah um it's like I want to be respectful of his family but at the same time I want to be honestly critique what he did because he's not the only person in leadership that's doing those type of things so we can't act like it didn't happen because there's victims who are still suffering under people who have that same power yeah. uh, so we have to bring awareness to it what way we bring awareness and still allow his family space to mourn I'm not sh quite sure how to do that yet so yeah I, I, I mean you know, I won't go into the whole thing because I basically echo what you what you think. I feel like, and I'm always thinking about the the victim, and I think that's the biggest thing is, you know, you can feel whatever way you 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 want to feel. I don't think it's fair to tell somebody that they shouldn't post that they're sad or you know that they're mourning a loss because he's a public figure. He's somebody that has done a lot of great things for a lot of people. Um, he's used his money and his platform to help some people. But there's a number of people that have said that since they were children, this this man has, um, you know, molested them or or 
taking advantage of them and i feel like you have to in that type of situation you just got to be you have to be sensitive and you got to be understanding that honestly he was great for you and i remember he, i read too his daughter made like a post and people were saying you know they're in mourning they don't need to go through this and it's like well honestly if you are one of those victims i'm sure quite sure that you're in mourning as well because from my understanding i remember when all of that stuff started to come out the i did i read you know the same thing about the guy telling his story and saying how he literally was they were in a relationship that he eddie long was his first love and things like that and so to me that's you know it's a little deeper than just being like ah well you need to shut up and let it go uh don't talk about the man of god i read a number of people say don't talk about the man of god and you know how i feel about that like i wanted to vomit like yo shut up like <laughs> that is not a blanket reason for somebody yeah. that has wronged another person to say that they can't do anything because you've given a person immunity to never be at fault and then that person will be the first person to be like oh well you know but i'm not god and you know i have i'm not without sin but when somebody wants to call you on your sin then it's a problem like it, you know it's just i think it's interesting and one of the things i want to do and i want to make sure that we we kind of bring those those positions out because i feel like as i was reading i don't i didn't see really many spaces where people were allowed to were allowed to acknowledge both sides both the good that he probably did that he he brought to some people and honestly potentially the 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 bad and the turmoil that he brought to other people and even other people just kind of the confusion that came out of it all right because people don't exist in this very rigid one I'm this type of person is very rigid and I don't exist in another space. I don't move in another space. I don't, you know, I can be a good person and a good guy and have some flaws. And honestly, those flaws may be very shocking and very ter uh, terrifying and things that I should get some help with. But if I'm not allowed to be, you know, a complex person and a person that has so, so much, so much, so many different layers to them, um, then, you know, I'm going to continue on in this very, I'm a simple person. I'm a man of God and that's all I am. And so anything that somebody says that's against me or that's negative, then you all, you guys can all just believe that it's all a lie because I would never do that. Although it's proof and evidence that these very guys that are saying this about me, they have all been mentees to me at some point in time. They've all gone on these very, you know, lavish trips with me at some point in time you know, there's proof and there's proof and evidence and people that can vouch for the fact that, yeah, they were around me and around my camp. But when they started to, to rebel against me or start to say that they didn't want to do this anymore, then I kind of dropped them. But I did all of that under the the umbrella of or the facade of being a father figure and a mentor. That's disgusting. yo. Yeah. And I think, you know, that with, that's important that we highlight, you know, the both and you know for for people because it's just people can be do really good things and do really horrible things at the same really time really terrible people at the same time filthy at nasty people yeah at the same time and you're like how is that possible and it's it is possible you know so speaking of filthy and i said filthy gosh i can't even talk about nobody right? <laughs> filthy what is filthy what is a filthy yo Filthy. I heard Keisha Cole put that on the fish. <laughs> did I see you that picture of? Uh, yeah, you Keisha did. Cole? That's why I said it. <laughs> 
No fish, you please. Need for Keisha Cole. You, you need to let Keisha Cole live. I, I feel like y'all need to be right reunited. I love Keisha Cole. I, you know. Wait, you now you do? I love a, a good. I love a good fish sandwich. I love fish sandwiches with mustard on some uh, bread, some marita bread. I think it's great, and you know, and a good song, a good song about love and pain. If she can sing, a, if she can make a record that's about love, pain, and heartbreak and overcoming, and make me a fish plate, I feel like she's the real MVP. <laughs> it gets no better than Keisha. I guess so. I guess so. Fish plates for free. <laughs> but what were you gonna say about filthy? Um, I don't even know what I was going to say about I'm that. Sorry, but um yeah, so the inauguration and performers at the inauguration. Well, before we get there, so what do you think about Steve Harvey? And did you hear about the whole, you know, Steve Harvey meet with Donald Trump and yeah, I, I think it's it's so complicated because his whole explanation was that President Obama asked him to go, and so oh I didn't hear that. Yeah, that was his. He said that President Obama asked him personally to go meet with Donald Trump because he has that mentoring program and he felt like some of the practices that he uses could be beneficial to that transition team. So he said that. President Obama's transition team was also in the meeting with Trump's transition team. And so they were having a conversation. And then Ben Carson got on the phone and then he had a meeting with Trump. So my thing is if he's doing it because he has a personal relationship with President Obama and President Obama specifically asked him to go and meet with him, I'm just like, I feel like it puts him in an awkward position. You know what I'm saying? Because he wants to he wants to to do what the president 44 asked him to do because I think that legitimately President Obama is concerned about how the nation progresses for the next four years. And so his mindset is, I don't like this guy, but I got to work with this guy because I feel like we still need good in our, you know what I'm saying? I, I'm still looking out for my people without being there. I mean, Mark Lamar Hill and D.L. Hewley said that Trump should have called some other scholarly and policy people in there. Mm -hmm. But if I feel like if President Obama asked him, he must have asked him for a specific reason. And maybe some of the policy people that he knows may have ha haven't had as good of a track record as working with boys as Steve Harvey had. Now, this is just me thinking. I don't know how what the success rate of Steve Harvey's boys program. Um, but you know, I think Trump might have used it as a photo op. I'm not sure if he feels like you know celebrities was like he's playing you. I mean, when he said that Obama told him to meet with him I was it kind of was like well I mean it kind of wasn't to me as bad when I so I listened to the radio interview he did I don't remember him saying I didn't hear that part like I I listened to it was like four parts it's of on his uh, it's on his Instagram oh yeah I didn't remember president him saying that so that's that's news to me but I what the part that he explained on his radio program was that uh, Trump's transition team actually came up with the idea and reached out to him um, and asked him for it. And so for me, 
in that regard, I feel like it's okay for people to be upset and for people to be bothered, but I just think, okay, so what are you upset by, right? I think it's perfectly fine for you to be upset with the, the photo op that came after it. Um, I think it's perfectly fine for you to be upset with the 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 statement of he seems like a very genuine guy because it is all is one of those things that people are saying you've gotten to essentially you're presenting it as if you've gotten to a solution with him without an acknowledgement that or mention that you acknowledge the problem right so many people especially many of us that have a problem with this is not because oh my gosh we just hate donald trump and we've always hated donald trump prior to donald trump running for president even during the whole bertha uh, move the birther accusation thing. We we watch Celebrity Apprentice, right? People were talking mm-hmm. about Trump Towers, and like people were down for Donald Trump, understanding that you know he's just he's a guy that probably doesn't really understand our plight. But at the end of the day, like I'm, I don't have a problem with him. People's issues started to arise with him when during his his uh, campaign you heard all these crazy things being said about people of color being said about women being acted out about people that are disabled that's when people start having a problem so if you're somebody that is a part of the community that goes to meet with him and you should understand if you're in the community you're working for our people you should understand the issues that we have and if you don't understand just ask and if you have you have an opportunity to sit down with him then there should be an acknowledgement of hey I just wanted to make it known like i'm i know that we're here to meet i know we're here to talk about you know what can we do to team team up together but what i do want to say though is that here is what i think you should do or what i do want to say is here's how i feel like you've offended people so when we get to doing these things if we're going to do work with housing and and getting better housing for people and revamping the inner cities quote unquote which i hate that word but it's like if we're gonna do that then let's acknowledge some of the problem and i want now that i have this opportunity to sit in your face i just want to mention that this is a problem i don't got to do it disrespectfully i don't got to go off on you i do need to just let you know hey here's the issue that people have and i wouldn't be being true to myself and true to the work that i'm doing if i don't acknowledge that that's with the the people that's the issue that i i i see so when i was listening to the interview you know he was saying that you know donald trump they talked about golf and they talked about uh, uh vacationing in different spots and and their favorite team and sport team and all that other stuff and then he was like steve what you know what do you want and he was like you know what i want is um the opportunity for for better housing and i want things for uh, to improve the housing in the inner cities. And he was like, you know, he pulled out his phone and he got Ben Carson on the phone. And he was like, I've never seen, I've never seen uh, somebody work that fast. And I was like, he just made a phone call. Like we have cellular phones. It's, it literally is pick, pull out the phone and call somebody like, and number one, and the two, he's a politician. That's what he does. I don't think I don't have a problem, honestly, with anybody meeting with him, because at the end of the day, he is our president. He's the president of the United States of America. We don't exist in a space where we could not engage him. We need to engage him. We need people to engage him and his administration and to put pressure on him and to make sure that the interests of our people are being considered. The interests of people that are not the one percent are being considered. That's what we need. But what we also need, too, is in the process of doing that an acknowledgement of the hurt and the pain and the reason that there's so much opposition and so much you know discomfort with his administration it is not because people just don't like him 
you know, just off of, oh my gosh, Hillary Clinton lost, which is the narrative that we always hear. That's not the reason. The reason that people don't like this administration and feel so uncomfortable about it is all of the things that led up to it. And so for me, when I see somebody that's going, that people that have a platform that you're inviting these celebrities, you're inviting these people. I, I think T.I.'s statement was actually was really good in the sense that, you know, hey, it's no surprise that we're not teaming up with your John Lewis's or your Maxine Waters or, you know, your Bernie Sanders. Um, we're teaming up with these celebrities when we talk about reaching black people. It's like we're so much more than just celebrities. We're so much more than just being influenced by celebrities. Honestly, like you could have called up Ta-Nehisi Coates and been like, hey, look, write a piece for me. Like, follow me in the way that you follow uh, uh, President Obama. Document him, document me and be critical of me in the same way that you've been of President Obama. And like, let's let's bring this thing together. Not, let's not just make it a, a, a photo op type thing. And that's what it feels like. And that's what people were responding to. So I don't know. I, it, it To me, it's, I think it's really unfair to discredit people people's feelings based on well you know people just mad and people hurt my feelings well yeah people hurt your feelings because you hurt their feelings because they believe in you so much because they look at you as a person that is somebody that stands up for them that cares about them that speaks to them that's why they watch your show that's why they listen to your radio honestly i remember hearing oprah say say this like it means something you might think about it as oh i just got this platform even with us with brunch culture honestly when people turn on that radio or turn on their phone and listen to our podcast or listen to our show they're inviting us and our voices and our perspectives into their lives into their households into you know their jobs and their friends and their circles and things like that we have a responsibility and a part of that responsibility is not to just be like oh i met with somebody and without an acknowledgement of when i had the opportunity to meet with that person i not only talked about what i wanted and what i thought was good but i also talked about the reason that people are hurt and so i put you guys first i led with y'all i did this for y'all and so when people ask me how it went i'm saying hey you know we had you know, very deep and detailed conversation. We'll re we'll reveal the details later. But I, I mentioned some of the 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 uh, issues that people have, or some of the apprehension that people have, and then I also mentioned you know the plan that we want to have and just move forward. So I think that's for me the the, the thing that's that's just annoying. It was annoying mm -hmm. to kind of just write these people off as they don't really matter and it doesn't whatever. They just people just mad because I met with Donald Trump. It's like. Yo, people have been meeting with Donald Trump for all for so long. Like literally, Celebrity Apprentice has. I remember watching it. Like I definitely was like, "Yo, I want to check out Celebrity Apprentice." We thought it was funny. You're fired. Like people would do it. Sketch comedy with with comment on it. Like we were all for that. And then this era came where you start hearing all of these offensive things and this lack of acknowledgement of the reason why people are uncomfortable. And that's mm -hmm. what people have a problem with. Yeah, and I think too one of the things that people have a problem with is not him meeting. But did you see the press conference after he met with them and they asked him about the Jeff Sessions and he he said I don't know anything about that it's like okay I feel like you as a person if you're going to meet Donald Trump and if they've invited you transition teams I feel like as a person you should have briefed and kind of just got up to speed on what's going on 
for us as a people and why everyone's concerned, especially about that appointment with Jeff Sessions. Right. And then when they asked you, you were like, I don't know anything about that. I'm not. And then your exact words were, I'm not a politician. So well, you why are you meeting? Right. Why are you meeting <laughs> and feel the need to be involved in that space if you're going to pull the card of I'm not a politician? Like you have a you you you're walking in with the responsibility. You have a responsibility. And it's like, you know, I, listen, I was listening to the interview and I was saying Steve Harvey is not by by any means. Do I think that he's like a horrible guy that he's just trying to go in? I don't necessarily know if he understands or a walk into it with this intention of I'm just out to get for me or I'm trying to secure my own success and future. Like I've heard people say that and I don't know. I don't I can't say that. I can say that he has had like a mentoring program that I I was very aware of. Um, and knowing that that's something that he cares about and he's passionate about. So I, I can't say that he's like a horrible person that's just out to try to make this deal to try to sell people off. No. But do I think that honestly, you kind of could have you should have handled it a lot differently than what you did mm-hmm. and Absol- being more prepared absolutely do i think that because you have such a platform and such a space where people you know look up to you and revere you as being a voice of a voice to them and people allow you into their homes on mo- multiple platforms absolutely and so with that voice do i think that you should lead by acknowledging the hurt and the issues that people have Absolutely, and 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 if you don't, if you handle it in the way that you felt best, stop and listen to why people have this problem and say, "Wait, you know what? Honestly, I get what you're saying. I don't. Even if I disagree, I disagree with that was the time or the method to do it. That's cool. But I hear what you're saying. Not like I'm discrediting you because you know y'all really hurt my feelings by by saying this stuff. And 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 y'all should know me. Y'all know I'm not. No, like don't discredit my voice. Don't take away my ability to express my opinion when i've i give you the opportunity to express yours to me all the time on this platform like nah folk yeah it's it's uh, it's truly it's truly unfortunate but i feel like people have to take it's it's i don't feel like we should that people are really demonizing him and i feel like that's not the right that's another extreme that we shouldn't be taking exactly like because we're turning against our own people and throwing them away uh, just because they had a meeting and I don't think that's the right approach. I think exactly. you could treat them and be critical of them but without throwing them under the bus or saying, Oh, you you were you were one of them or you you know what I'm saying? I just I I don't think that's the right approach either. Right. And I I, I mean man, maybe it's just the, the people that I, I'm connected to and it was just rightfully so, but I don't think that that's not what I heard. I heard people expressing like concerns or issues or a dis dislike for mm-hmm. something that he did and I, people start saying well you know god don't attack him don't attack him and you know god has a plan for him like i hate i i loathe when people have a disagreement about something and the first thing the person wants to do is to bring in God into it as like a protection because I can do no wrong because God is on my side well honestly God on my side too folk that's why I'm here that's why I am who I am because God's on my side as well at, we can we can still disagree like I can disagree with something that you're saying and if I disagree and the next person disagree and 50,000 people disagree God is probably on can be on their side just like he's on my side. God is not the reason that I'm it, God doesn't like 
prevent you from being able to be criticized because you did something wrong because when you do when somebody else do something wrong you are the first to comment on it when somebody else do something wrong you definitely have something to say and if they pull the god is on my side card does that stop you from feeling the way you feel no and if you, honestly it's somebody that you respect and you love and you care about does that mean that you should engage in a conversation with them to figure out why you guys disagree if there's something either of you could have done better and how to move forward accordingly absolutely i don't think anybody i didn't hear anybody saying that i'm going to stop you know completely stop listening to steve harvey his morning show should be taken away he shouldn't be on family feud he shouldn't have his own talk show nobody was saying that i think people are saying wow i can't believe this happened this hurts i'm disappointed i don't like this steve harvey's pissing me off and it was steve harvey's time to say look yo hey here's what i did here's my intent here's my purpose and move forward and just for the sake of it because we've been talking about this for a while but uh chrisette michelle just needed to get a she not needed but she wanted to get a check and please stop telling uh chrisette michelle and everybody that's saying all this stuff for her quit saying that your voice is gonna break down the walls of, of racism <laughs> and it's gonna end racism like people been singing for centuries and pe folks are still out here racist and like they done heard every song <laughs> that has ever been written all of the songs about unity and hope and coming together and loving on each other and they still racist so just say check this they offer me 750k and at the end of the day I'm here to sing. I'm a singer. I'm a performer. I'm finna get my check and y'all can go on with the rest. You know, I don't, me singing don't mean I align with what he's doing. Me singing don't mean that I believe in his platform. Me singing literally is just me singing and getting a check and call it a day. Don't be talking about, I was watching an interview and Lil Mo was like, she believes that her voice, she said, what if, what if her singing this song can break down the, the, the walls of racism? Have a nice life. <laughs> Find somebody else to lie to, because that don't even make no sense, yo. You can't. You can't possibly believe that. Just would you do it for free? That's how you know if you really committed. Exactly. Exactly. And if if it's and if it's solely based off money, who am I to tell you don't get your money? Like, who am me to judge? And you with this guy again? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I am not with this guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think people would have had more respect for her If she said I was doing it just to get paid Exactly and still probably would have been mad And still would have been bothered But it's like you being honest enough to just Say hey look It's about this check It's really not about all this other stuff that y'all are making it about And it's fine but don't tell Did me Did you see Questlove was going to pay her not to do it Oh wow No I didn't see that he was like he didn't want. He felt like she was getting exploited. So he, but I don't think he was probably gonna match what Trump was paying her though. Yeah, I, and I, I get again these things are not. I don't feel like for me because I've heard people say some stuff about who Chrisette Michelle is. I'm not gonna attack your character because you know I don't know you personally, right? And I can't. But what I can say is, don't try to fool me. Or don't try to insult my intelligence by saying that. You know, you are here for the healing of the country and your voice is just going to bring us all together like folk. It's not going to happen. Like if that's your voice ain't going to do it. You ain't got the sauce like that. Like it if it took a song, I'm telling you, folks been have been singing songs. Slaves were on the ship coming over here singing songs, folks. 
it ain't happen. Your voice is not gonna end racism. Like it's just not gonna do it. So stop saying this bull. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um so in happier news, Living Single might get a reboot. The best news, the best news ever, yo. I, hey, yo, I just, I couldn't stop smiling. I don't know who does it. Netflix, Hulu, YouTube, whoever. It can honestly just be streaming just on the internet. I'm going to be watching it. Like, Living Single was the show, that show, and I was a kid too, so that's my my mom and my sisters uh, watched it all the time, and so of course I fell in love with it. But it, I just, as an adult, I've seen like some of the clips online, and it's just funny. It was a good situational comedy that was relatable in so many ways and inspiring in so many ways you have these friends that live together but that are professionals somebody is a, a magazine on another one's uh an attorney and they have these big personalities but they still understand like the everyday stuff to me it's, it's perfect it's great i love it and i'm all here for living single to come back i love living single too so if if there's a reboot i would definitely watch it all day all day every day ben's watching it like five times well this has been our OJ and Mimosas let us know what you think or Mimosas and Orange Juice I think I get that them backwards but you know what I mean y'all so we'll be back with our main dish we are back and we're back with our main dish it's time for the main dish um i'm gonna preface this all by saying that in the recording process i just read some things that were pretty disturbing that lisa and i were just talking about so i know we got a show to do and we have to you know move forward and we we don't want to make our show we realize a lot of times we deal with some serious things so we don't want to always make it like all sad and all bad and we want to you know kind of talk about different things you know laugh a little bit cry a little bit be serious a little bit but um yeah i just things are rough but in light of that i guess it kind of is maybe it's a little fitting in the sense that um what we wanted to, our main dish to, to be about today so of course you know we are recording this show on january 20th and um january 19th was president obama's official last day as president and so it's a first family's last day as first family and so what we wanted to do was just kind of talk about um our experience uh with with the obama administration the past eight years what do we think about you know the president as a, as a whole his legacy his family um what do we think about the country and the state of the country uh then and 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 compared to how things were and how things are now and just moving forward so um yeah let's just start with that uh i guess this is gonna be i mean this can literally just be whatever you thought whatever you think i guess however you're feeling about uh the president whatever your thoughts are about the president and just in mo and and, and an opportunity to kind of reflect on him but to honestly acknowledge him and to honor him i know that uh lisa just your your views have been a lot well more more conservative than mine um in in the past you've leaned more conservative but just in general like what 
the president and it doesn't have to all be like his policies or anything like that we don't even got to go that deep but just in general like what do you think what are your takeaways from it and uh moving forward like how do you feel so i'll let you yeah kick it off today was very somber uh for me um because i feel like for us as a people right now seeing who the Obamas were in office apart from policy, just who they represented as people, the class, um, the integrity they represented, I felt like it's so important for us as people because we look at the media when you the depiction of black people, you know, with your VH ones and your Housewives of Atlanta, you know what I'm saying? It's not a positive light all the time. Mm -hmm. And I felt like they were so against that narrative that it helped bring balance for people to see that hey this is tv but this is not reality you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. just like that just like every white person is not trailer trash or what was that girl that used to be on um honey boo boo honey boo boo we don't say all white people act like honey boo boo you know what i'm saying you know we understand that there's different types of white people and i felt like this helped people see that there are different types of black people and not in, and it was, I think it was important for us to see, we could, we can ascend to the, to the white house. But I think it was important for Caucasian Americans to realize, Hey, you need to stop categorizing African Americans. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Or having these caricatures. Um, I hate to see, um, Flo Disco. I love her. Um, I think she is amazing. And it is so, like we were saying before we started recording, like we're going from Flotus, Michelle Obama to Flotus that has news circulating online. And so it's like <laughs> such a, such a, it's like such a distinct difference. Um, now I will give her, and she is a dresser, so I appreciate her clothes. It's, it's, it's unfortunate that that's, the only thing I could appreciate today was her outfit. But I digress. Um, <laughs> um, but, um, you know, I just hate to see them go. I will shout out to the president forever for this income based repayment. How <laughs> 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 that re revolutionized my life and so many of my friends' life. Like, that was clutch. And I think things, policies like that where he implemented those because he's he understands having those burdens right. of student loan debt and i just think that he had a president that was connected with the everyday american struggle because of how he was raised right. and that we don't have that you know this go around and so while i was more leaning to i'm more of a conservative in in some of my policy stances I respected him and I respected what he represented. And I I was thankful for some of the policies he did implement. You know, there were some that I disagreed with, but there were some that I did agree with. And I'm thankful that he worked hard. And I don't think we'll ever agree with any politician that's in place. So I want to celebrate him and thank him for the hard work that he did do. And I feel like, you know, his job is the the one of the most hardest jobs in the world and he literally has the weight of the world on his shoulders and no matter what decision you um, you make you know whether it's the you know affordable health care act where some people saying their premiums are going up and then you have some people saying i haven't had you know health insurance in years and then you have 
you know, like a homeboy of mine's talking about his wife having MS, and it was because of the Affordable Health Care Act that they can even afford her prescription for her to be to have some kind of quality of life. So, you know, somebody's going to be frustrated on either side, but I'm thankful for the work he did, and I really believe that he tried to do the best he could. Right. Um, the options he had, and you know come to critique and say he could have done more for African-Americans, you know, um, and some could say, you know, some could say, yes, he should have. Uh, Chicago crime rate hasn't necessarily got any better since he was in office. And then some folks, you know, might take a position that he couldn't focus on the African-Americans because he was African-American um, or that we weren't unified enough to push that policy uh, forward, you know, because of the way it works. So, you know, you could critique, but right now I want to spend this day celebrating what he did do right and Absolutely. thank him for um, the eight years he served and what he represented and the fact that he, I really believe he loved his wife and kids and I can't say that about every president I see. Um, so I'm thankful for that. Absolutely. So, so I think that for me, there's so many things I've had so many feelings about President Obama from start to finish from, you know, the campaign trail in 07 to uh, now. And I've matured in a lot of my thoughts and my process on it. Life has changed for me in some ways. I've been exposed to a lot of different things. So that changed. Um, and so I've kind of been a person that have been on multi multiple sides, never, never, never looked at him as a person, even when he was the first a candidate as somebody that would do a horrible job. Um, never originally looked at him as, hey, I think that there's another candidate that has more experience that when I'm listening to this can this candidate talk, they're giving me detail and they're giving me depth and they're not selling me on something that is very like. Um, it's it's an idea of something and, and, and of hope and change and it sounds great and I love it and I'm inspired by it but I want to be one of those people that's that has the facts and saying we're going to do X, Y, and Z and this is what's going to happen and so for me you know, I've gone from being a person that kind of had that type of critique of him of understanding how important it is to have hope and change um, and to have really just hope honestly to, to take to approach problems in a situation with the most positive outlook that you can, um, having hope that things are going to get better, having hope that, you know, no matter what your circumstance is, you can and will come out of it. And even when you think about the country and the climate of the country, that things will get better. I definitely will say, though, that um, just throughout the time that I've heard and I think we've all heard the critiques of, you know, race relations have gotten just terrible under president Obama. And I don't necessarily think that they've gotten more terrible. I think that, you know, people just have platforms now for instant sharing that have, that have shown things that have been happening for years and people now because of social media and the, the ease of access and so many different platforms that people can actually express and band together with other people that feel how they feel and put those things out there. Um, but I think for me, the biggest, one of the biggest things for president Obama was that kind of positivity, right? He, he handled himself with such, uh, an amount of, I don't even I don't even think dignity is the word 
with, with his like his presence the way that he handled himself his temperament for situations for people for adversity it kind of made you comfortable right well for me it made me comfortable it made me say that even in times when i disagreed with him when i was frustrated when i wished that he didn't make a comment about something or i read a comment or heard his comment about a particular issue and i just felt like it wasn't thorough enough it di- or it didn't address the particular issue I still felt like his temperament for it kind of kept everybody at bay. Right. And I wasn't dealing with somebody that was kind of making people on either side, whether it was a side I agree with or not making them or promoting or supporting them and just going off the cuff and doing something stupid or saying something stupid or offending people. Like I didn't feel that way. Um, And so for me, that was kind of one of the greatest things of, of, of looking at this person who's the leader of the free world and being able to say that, you know, he's handling himself in such a way he's still making his wife and his children a priority, at least from what we can see. Um, and having the privilege and the honor to work for the administration, seeing that go from that's kind of what I think about it to actually that's what I feel being here. Like I feel from top down that you got a bunch of people that are very ambitious, that are very hungry, that, you know, think outside of the box, that are go getters, that don't mind putting in the hard work. But at the end of the day, they really try to be genuinely fair people. Right. So Mm -hmm. I walked into I remember thinking about going to uh, the White House and thinking like this is going to be cutthroat. I got to get here, you know, I got to be super on 10. If I'm going to be working with somebody else, I got to make sure I outshine them and I got to do this and I got to do this. And there was a sense of competitive competitiveness and being the best and being the best that you can be. But it wasn't because I'm trying to be better to you or I'm not that it wasn't because I'm trying to make you look bad, but it's because I'm trying to be the best that I can be because this administration and or this project or this goal needs to be perfect to help as many people as possible. And that was just not the feeling that I was expecting to have um, or what I, a lesson that I was expecting to learn, if you will. Like, and I think now I've kind of always been that person, but I'm really, I've really, I'm really much more of a person now that is not (laughs) really care about, um, Oh, well, this person has this title and oh my gosh, this person is this. And let me get to go meet these people so that I can try to be a part of this crowd and this group. I don't, I've never really been that person, but even more now, like I'm really not that person because my care and my concern is the work. Like what type of impact am am I having? What type of work is really getting done? What positive results are coming from? And the rest of this stuff is, is, is pretty bull. So I think that is the, that's one of the things that's that's just incredible. I I we I mean I, I feel like in terms of accomplishments we can go on um and and talk about those things to talk about like the Affordable Care Act. Uh that's something that I had the the opportunity to work on and to help out with for the second the second year and for me that was it was amazing because the idea was literally how many people can we help? When we're doing things and trying to get people on board to tell stories and uh to shape you know, a campaign, a marketing campaign, a certain way, like the idea was how many people can we inspire? How many people can we help? How can we get to tell these people's stories, to share these people's stories so people can understand, you know, how important this is and the work that has to go along with it. And 
another thing during that time, and I remember thinking about this, was how amazing it was that the president and the first lady were both extremely, insanely intelligent, but very, very real and very, very cool. And I think that that is what made them different from any public figure that we've had in the black community um, before is when we think about a lot of our like intellectuals or our thinkers, we think they're about not them, relatable. Yeah, we think about them in a very like, you know, older perspective or they're not really relatable or they don't like the things that I like. I thought it was so dope that the president says like, yo, I um, was the head of the, the Harvard Law Review and like I am the president of the United States. But I think that Migos is dope. <laughs> like I listen to Kendrick Lamar like. And he, saw, he told them that he watched Insecure. He told yeah, uh, Issa Rae that he yeah. watched Insecure. It's things like that. That's like I'm, I'm, I'm extremely intelligent, and and I've been very successful in politics. You know, in in uh, being an author, having an extremely intelligent wife. We can roll with the best of people, but I also get into the normal things that just make me normal, and that makes you normal, and you what makes you know that this is what should inspire you to just be you just authentically be yourself i think that's for me the thing that is it's unparalleled because it's when you think when i think about these past years these past eight years it's such a it's tough to um it's tough to to think about life not being that way right because it's one of the things that i just appreciate i appreciate it that they're so smart. They're so intelligent. They kick it with Oprah and Jay-Z and Beyonce and uh, all of these, you know, th- these people like these extremely powerful people. And they still watch Insecure and they listen to Kendrick Lamar just like I do. They're waiting for the album. The president's playlist of songs is like, yo, this is his playlist. Like he's sharing playlists on Spotify and the songs that he's listening to that he's signing off on are songs that I would just play just because. And I think that is, that's inspiring to me, but it's also inspiring to younger people too, who don't really know how to exist those in those spaces. We oftentimes think that we have to, you know, be the ultimate cold switchers and turning it on and turning it off. And I think there's a time and a place for that. But I also think that there's a space in any time and place where we can say that, Hey, here's who I am. Here's the culture. Here's a part of my culture in the culture that I'm into and that's just what it is. And I'm still just as smart and, and successful and, you know, a force to be reckoned with and impactful and all those good and great things. Yeah. And relatability is key. And I don't feel like we can relate to <sighs> president Trump. I mean, I think it's fair to say, <laughs> I think- I think it's fair to say that we can. And I think that is that was going to be that was going to be our issue no matter who came in the office. I Yeah, cuz we can't course, relate to Hillary. Either. Right. Of course I was a Hillary supo- supporter, but one of her the biggest critiques of her 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 uh her campaign and you know just her as a person is this lack of relatability. What I've done is I realized that it is just because of the the era that she comes from and then the type of person that she is she is not you know extremely charismatic she's a nerd and she's kind of awkward and to me that is 
I think that you get to a point where you can just kind of accept that about a person and it not be viewed as a bad thing because I didn't view it as a bad thing. I, re- I remember reading this article. This was right before she announced that. No, this is right after she announced that she was going to run for president again. And it talked about, you know, her work on like civil rights issues when she was in college and um, the things that she did for like children and family as a new uh a lawyer and things like that and she was saying how people kept saying the writer was saying i forget who it is i think i I might have it saved but the writer just kept saying that she she's such a nerd like when they were going to talk to people there on the campaign trails making these stops at people immediately when somebody would say something she'd have a notebook and she's taking notes and she's like drawing arrows and diagrams saying contact this person this person might be able to answer that question what do we do about this what's our policy stand on this and i'm like yo the reason that people can't connect to her is because she don't have that like cool you know girl next door america's sweetheart type thing She's just like, hey, I'm just a nerd. I'm I'm the I'm the workhorse. I want to get here and to do the work. And I believe that I can. And I believe that I can be the best person. But honestly, if you ask me if I have hot sauce in my bag, I'm going to say, yeah, I do actually have spices in my bag or a quote unquote hot sauce in my bag. I'm telling you, yeah, because I think that is cool. But I don't realize how me saying that will make people think that. Oh, well, you trying to be like Beyonce. And it's like, well, I mean, technically I do. Like, I've actually been saying this for 15 years that I do keep this certain spice with me all the time because I like it. I thought it would be cool to say I keep hot sauce in my bag because Beyonce said, but that actually kind of pisses y'all off because you feel like it's not really authentic to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not relatable Mm -hmm. in that way. That's not the type of person that I want to be. I need to be authentically myself and stop trying to be somebody else. But I feel like at any no matter who we got, we we probably wouldn't be able to relate to him because the president, uh, President Obama and First Lady Michelle Obama were just that they were just that special in that way. Um, Call it, you know, their blackness, if you will, or whatever it is like they were just special in that way that they can connect to people and inspire people just by just being regular old them. Yeah. Oh, they go, man. It's so sad. Yeah, it's um it's like I did when they got on Marine One, and yeah, I was like, oh man, that's it. Yeah, I didn't even watch that part. I I well, I didn't watch most of it, but I saw it when Marine One was actually in the air, and that's why I was like, oh, okay, they're on there. But I couldn't see them actually step onto it until afterwards. I just didn't want to be in this whole. It has just been. It's really such a. I can't even, it's not bittersweet, it's just bitter. It's just bitter, right? It's not even bittersweet, <laughs> it's just sad, because we got so comfortable. Um, and, and, and the truth be told is, you know, there are things that we saw and things that we felt during this time that, you know, weren't weren't the best. Um, I think if you, we start to think about how much uh, tensions between or how much police brutality I'm, how many this i've never watched as many videos of people being shot down by police and seeing them circulated over and over again and you know seeing people not get convicted and of course these are things that i always say we can't blame on the president because that a lot of these things are way beyond the, the president's jurisdiction of power um it's more so on the local level which is why we need to be a part of local elections and you know, midterm elections are so important and we need to be engaged and involved in knowing who's where and what they stand on and how they respond to 
day-to-day activity because really the president has but so much power um on a to what happens to you day to day if you will most of that power existing on the local level anyway but i feel like you know we a lot of those things were uncomfortable but the thing that was consistent was you consistently saw these two people try to be fair and honest you consistently saw these two people try to uh you know try to be there for everybody try to be everybody's beacon of hope try to inspire everybody no matter what i don't know did you read that uh piece that uh ta-nehisi coast did it was like the last piece that he did on president obama Mm -mm, i haven't read it yeah it was it's actually pretty good um he was real honest and candid about uh the president and his presidency and what it means and you know the critiques that he's had for him throughout but the thing that again he was he was consistent in saying is that you know with all of this we he he thought he was doing the best for the country and that's like that's all that you can act he's doing the best for the country and the that statement means literally everybody in the country i'm not just thinking about one race of people one group of people one financial group of people i'm thinking about everybody how this is going to impact them all and trying to hear all their voices and just you know knowing that that's not where we're going that it's kind of like uh, i don't know um and yeah that, that that bothers me and the other thing is you know the the administration the obama administration for me was just very because of the experience that I had being able to be there, I remember being super excited about going to the White House. I remember being there and kind of it kind of becoming just like regular work. And so it's just like, OK, I just got to go to work. Like It's not it's cool, but like I don't got time to think about the coolness of it because I have work to do, if you will. And I remember leaving and just kind of really hitting me that wow, I've come such a long way, but there are so many people like me that have come such a long way and that are here. And the fact that we are so diverse, the fact that there's so many different people that I can connect to, people that understand my experience, that had similar experiences, or people that just had, you know, a completely different experience and a silver spoon and it's just really taken care of, really being able to connect with all these people and see that, you know, we are... Very, we're we're chasing the same goal. We have differences about how we get how we're getting there, but our goal is really to help as many people. That was amazing, and really being able to honestly bring my family and my friends. Like it was a joke while I was there that every weekend I always had I was always giving somebody a tour because that's what for me it was like. I, look, I made it here. We all here. Like I need y'all to come. I need y'all to see this. I need y'all to get this. Uh, here's a souvenir here's a letter here's a card i'm sending you a christmas card like i think one <laughs> one one year we got uh what like six christmas cards and i some kind of finagled way to send up like 12 of them i'm like no hey you got some cards you don't want to give all right send it to this address like hey what's your address i'm trying to get you to have it like it was just all the I was trying to do so much, but the people that were there that were supporting me and helping me, they understood it. And they were like, yo, do as much as you can, because honestly, you're trying you're just trying to share this experience in this moment with as many people as possible. And that's kind of our M.O. Who can we help and how can we help them? And I just don't know if that's what we're going to get in these next four years. I honestly don't even know if that type of 
thought process and and that type of passion for it will i'll ever see again um and again i didn't work or was an adult under any other administration so maybe i'm biased because of my own ignorance but it is it was just that it was such a different experience um and such a different energy that i just i don't i haven't even all of the candidates that were running, I don't necessarily know if I felt like any of them had that same type of passion genuinely just for regular people and letting regular people, you know, get what they need. I keep I keep like fine because that's how I feel. Yeah, it's like I don't even know any other way to sum up my emotions than to say. It's understandable. It's understandable. What I what I will say though is honestly, there's work to be done. There's gonna always be work to be done. Um, the thing that bothers me about this administration most most recently, which I mentioned, was this um, the the White House website being changed and the statement of standing up for our our law enforcement. Like when you think about the issues that's really important to the administration those issues should be what's important to the entire community. And while, while I believe that, you know, we need law enforcement and I think that they have a, a very, you know, particular specific and unique role. I also think that the other side of that coin has to be acknowledged in the same right. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't, you can't that to me, seeing that headline only tells one story and that is not the complete story and we always say this there's three sides of stories one side two sides and the truth and i feel like in order to get to the truth you have to include both sides of the story so to just make that just the issue that the white house is focusing on and ultimately that the people are focusing on and care about is you know i it just it says to me that we're setting the tone for a very rough and tough and and potentially dangerous for so many people next four years and i don't like that i'm not can't say that I'm happy the happiest about that at all yeah and the whole law and order thing I think has a lot of us African Americans on edge with the tension that's already present in our country and for you not to acknowledge that or just understand is 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 problematic yeah so that's 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 it yo that's what we wanted this main dish to be about we wanted to just kind of you know let it out to kind of vent to talk about the, the the positives though of president obama and the things that we're gonna the going to miss um you know who did steal the show though who's that george w with that poncho oh, i didn't I, I didn't see the poncho oh it's a whole bunch of stories on her post about how his poncho fight stole the show <laughs> his poncho. He was fight. trying to get it. It started raining. He was trying to get his poncho on, and he was struggling. He was just he he had it. It was just a lot. He was having a hard time Yikes. to the point where he just let it go. And it was like this. Him and the poncho was like the only highlight of it. <laughs> you know what I thought was so ridiculous though that he shaded everybody behind him. Like as soon as he got that bike, yeah, I'm like. You Republicans and Democrats alike, like he had no respect of persons. He he shaded every president that came before him. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, dang, you know, he shaded George W. He shaded President Obama, Jimmy Carter, President Clinton. He just, I was like, that's so disrespectful. This is. 
nobody does this. Yeah, that's just that's. It's unfortunate, and that's the reason that you know we don't know what's going to happen. But <laughs> I am he's not even loyal to his own uh, his own party. Yeah, we. I mean, we know that from jump. <laughs> no, we we definitely shouldn't have been expecting. Just use them as a pawn, right? We knew that wasn't going to happen, like at all. Well, y'all, let us know what y'all think. What are y'all feeling about the exit of President Obama and our beloved? Uh, First Lady Michelle Obama, their family is just a representation of black excellence and black love. And I love that. So let us know what you think. And we'll be back with our toast or roast. Mm -hmm. Now we're back with our toast or rose. And today I have a roast for my beloved restaurant, Chipotle. If you know me, you know I love Chipotle. I'm on a health kick. Well, diet. I've been exercising since every day since Monday. It's Friday. I did it every day. So I just want to clap it up for myself. Progress. Progress. So progress is progress. Anyway, well, I've because of that, I said I'm not gonna eat, you know. I'm just gonna I want my still be able to have my favorite restaurants. I just want to change who I eat. So I'm thinking I go to Chipotle and get the salad. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm getting the salad, I don't get rice, take the cheese off. I'm thinking, okay, healthy or somewhat healthy. I get the dressing. I go, one of my friends was like, one day, I think it was Tuesday, he was like, where you at? And I was like, Chipotle. He was like, you know, the salad dressing there isn't like, it has a lot of calories. And I was like, no, it's like a vinaigrette type thing. It's not like ranch. And he was like, yes, it does. And so I went and looked at Chipotle.com and it has like more calories than cheese. And I was like, yikes. So, and that's just one. So, I was getting two thinking, you know, it's not a big deal. So, needless to say, I have to let go of Chipotle during my time of eating better. Because even the salads apparently aren't healthy. And I feel like they kind of always like up the fact that they got fresh or organic, you know, farm raised stuff. And no added stuff that is healthier. But, you know, I guess that was a deception on my part for not looking at the calories. So. Yeah, they got you. Yeah, said Chipotle. It's still tasty. I just got to, you know, separate myself for a while. So, my roast this week is going to um, none other than. Miss Jennifer Holiday. So Jennifer Holiday did an interview with MSNBC. It was a live interview in which she was talking about the backlash that she received from agreeing to perform with Donald Trump. Uh, she goes on to say that, um, you know, she was surprised by the the backlash and she Remember, there was once upon a time when an artist could be just be an artist and she used the same, you know, statement that we've heard from the likes of Chrisette Michelle and others about their voice being healing and 
bettering race relations and ending the problems of race issues. And that's why they did it. And it's fine. So my roast with Miss Holiday is not because she was performing for Donald Trump, because at the end of the day, as I stated earlier, you're a singer. You have a job. If you think that that's a place that you should be, that's a place that you should be. My problem comes with this apology that she gave and the reason that she backed out was not because of the backlash that she got from the black community and she wasn't really bothered or impacted by her blackness being uh at the forefront she didn't really care about the things that donald trump has said about her being black or even being a woman that didn't really bother her what bothered her was the fact that she read or heard or saw that the lgbt community was really pissing her off was really pissed at her and really hurt by her and so she wanted to issue an apology and issue an apology to them and them alone and not issue an apology to black people because Black Twitter said bad things about her. <laughs> so, it, it, I feel like it goes without saying of why I'm frustrated, but I'm, I'm extremely frustrated is because what, what really bothers me is when people get upset about their own failures, about things that they haven't been able to do, and they feel like, well, my blackness should catapult me my blackness and my talent, my talent, because she's talented. She, you know, she can sing her butt off. She's the the original, you know, the original dream girl. It, it's great. Respect her and everything for that. But don't say that you're issuing an apology to another community, but not to your own community, because your own community was they were so nasty and they were so mean without without acknowledging the fact that there is no such thing as LGBT Twitter. There's no such thing as gay Twitter that has the, the notoriety, the power and the force that a black Twitter has. So the reason that you were you saw and you were hurt by black Twitter is because black Twitter is a thing. Black Twitter is what keeps Twitter going at this point. People have admitted it. People have said it. Everybody knows it. Honestly, when anything happens that is happening in mainstream pop culture, we know that black Twitter is going to go in. Like it or not, agree or disagree, that's fine. But don't make black Twitter represent all of black people and say that those black fans that you do have that have supported you since the time of Dreamgirls don't deserve an apology from you because they black Twitter was so mean without even acknowledging the fact that the people that are on black Twitter are very, very liberal, very, very progressive. And some of them are probably homosexual and a part of the LGBT community that you're apologizing to. So if you feel the need to apologize to this one community, apologize to the other community because you are a part of it. These are your people. It definitely seemed like in the interview and you guys can watch it. Um, I just watched the YouTube clip of it again, but you, it definitely seems like she is mad enough upset that her career didn't go a certain place because she was like you know i apologize to the lgbt community because they've been there for me since dream girls when 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 the black community or when church folks wouldn't let me in like wait all black people are church folks wait all black people are just heterosexual people and not a part of the lgbt community that you should apologize to the only supporters that you have is just lgbt people 
I learned about you from black people. I learned about you from my mom. I learned about you from my grandma. The people that was talking about, oh, no, you need to know Jennifer Holiday. She sang that song. Jennifer Holiday is the original. She's the real best singer that we ever had of our time. That's who I learned about that stuff from. Don't sit up here and get in this this position because you have issues with maybe the black people in your circle or the black people that you've been impacted by to say that, honestly, people's you're not going to give an apology or you don't really care about what those people think because they said horrible things for you. Well, there were certain people that said horrible things for you. So apologize and preface that apology by saying check this out i'm not apologizing to those people that said mean and nasty things that called me names without trying to understand why i did this this apology is not for you but to the black supporters that i had that i that you know that were hurt i apologize but don't completely throw away our entire community because you feel like we're irrelevant because your your money and your coin comes from the the, the lgbt community like get out of here yo like and I'm sure they ain't, they ain't checking for you anyway. Like, yo, you did this because it was an opportunity to get a check. You don't really care about your voice hearing people. And that's very evident because if you cared about your voice healing people and healing race relations, how do you say on one end, I care about my voice healing race relations. But at the end of the day, I pissed off black people and I don't really care to I don't really care to say nothing about them. What? Like, shut <laughs> up, yo, you're stupid. Like, it doesn't even make any sense. I, I completely understand the climate of being able, not being able to make a decision without having the entire internet go, you know, go off on you. I get that. I'm, you know, I respect that. I understand that you, you an artist and you should be able to do what you're doing. And honestly, if people don't like it, just don't support you and call it a day. I'm not going to drag you and trash you for that. But what I'm not going to allow you to do is to sit up here and act like, we're just the black people are just so dispensable and we're not we're we don't know it doesn't matter how we feel and you don't deserve or owe us an apology if you feel that is relevant to apologize to another community or group of people who also exist in the space of the community that you're apologizing to like it's it it, it seems like again it seems like you have a problem with not being supported by folks that you feel like you should have been supported by, by, by black folks. And you're just like, Oh, well, whatever. I don't really care about you. Keep it moving. Jennifer holiday, like, you know, in all of your greatness and your legacy, it's fine, but I'm roasting you. Yo, kick rocks with no socks. And anybody got time. Well, that's it. That is it. <laughs> so, uh, we can't forget about this week's good vibe. Oh, yeah, this week's good vibe. It is. What is it? <laughs> I got one from Mother Teresa that we posted on our Brunch Culture Instagram earlier this week. Never worry about numbers. Help one person at a time and always start with the person nearest you. Amen. That's good. That's, um, Mother Teresa. Nice. Well, thank you for listening to another episode of Brunch Culture. As always, you can catch all our past, past episodes at www.brunchculturebc.com you can follow us on instagram at brunch underscore culture on facebook at facebook.com backslash brunch culture on twitter at brunch culture you can subscribe on itunes by searching brunch culture on google play by searching brunch culture and at, on iHeartRadio uh, by searching brunch culture and remember to hashtag chat bc to start conversation with us on social media so we could talk about what we talked about today on brunch culture in our mimosas and orange juice main dish or just our toast to roast we'll talk about it with you just let us know here at brunch culture everything is up for discussion <laughs>